Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you here for another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. So before I get to today's guest, I want to share some super exciting news. On February 3rd, I will be running my amazing foundational program, Rooted, live for six weeks. This is usually a program that you can do on your own, but for the first time ever, I'll be taking a small group of women through the program myself. This means that we will have weekly calls to process and coach through the content, and we'll create a small, intimate community to share the progress and process of the program. I love doing group programs like this because I get really connected with the women I work with in this way. And in turn, they come together to support one another in amazing and beautiful ways. If you're in my Facebook group, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The women in there are so incredibly supportive. Now imagine taking that to another level and actually going through this work with, with them. So doing a group program with me live is like that. Like the, like what we have in the Facebook group, but on steroids. So join me. Uh, there is a link in the show notes and, or you can just go to kateanthony.com, click on work with me and you'll see a link in the drop down menu that says rooted live and you can read all about it. This is like really sort of basic stuff that I think everyone needs to start with. Um, this is where we dig into your inner guide, your inner critic. We talk about your attachment styles and your and boundaries, 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 setting healthy boundaries and your values. Really, really inc- important foundational stuff. KateAnthony.com, uh, drop down, work with me, and uh, or you can find the link in the show notes. So today I'm really excited to bring you my interview with Jennifer Butler, who is a certified calling in the one coach. She's a certified health coach, a writer, and she's host of the worthy podcast, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I had a great conversation with Jen on her podcast a few weeks ago. And after our discussion, I was really inspired by the work she does around Catherine Woodward Thomas's uh, book, Calling in the One. From both a personal and a professional standpoint, I can't lie. So as a bit of an update to this conversation, I want to tell you that I was so inspired by this conversation with Jen, that before Christmas, I dove deeply into this work, and it has already had a pretty big impact, including opening me up to a really beautiful and intimate relationship with someone in my life, which I'm not going to say too much more about right now. So settle down, y'all. But I can absolutely track the work that I've been doing on this and how it's helped open me up to love in really new ways in my life. If that's not inspiration enough, I don't know what is. (laughs) So here's my conversation that sparked it all with the amazing Jennifer Butler.
We have spoken on your podcast, on the Worthy Podcast, which is awesome. And then we were like, we need to do this again. Exactly. <laughs> <was> podcast. Like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That that like half hour went so fast. I know. I know. It was great. It was great. I love, you know, we just sort of like by the end, we were like, oh, okay, we're so like of a kind. Yeah. So it's just, it's always so good. Today, we're going to sort of switch it up a little bit. And we're going to talk about, we're talking about calling in the one, which was a, which was a book, right? And so can you sort of talk a little bit about what that, what that is like, you know, uh, broadly? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, So calling in the one is a book. Um, Catherine Woodward Thomas wrote it. um, Gosh, I think it's been like 15 years now and it's still on the New York Times bestseller. List. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a masterful piece of work. Like it's just, it's just stayed there. So um, calling in the one, you know, she created it in a time in her life when she was ready to really create the life that she desired. She wanted to get married. She wanted to have a child and she, she wanted to do it kind of quickly. Um, and she realized, um, you know, just intuitively that what that meant was really showing up in her life in a different way than she had been. Because if you want to create different results, you can't create those from where you're at. So, right. So she created (laughs) doing what you've always done. You'll keep getting what you've always gotten. Exactly. And so the same held true for her you know, dreams or desires about love and relationship and motherhood. So she wrote this book and it's seven weeks to attract love into your life. It's a 49 day process. And she wrote it, you know, kind of with the idea that you go day by day for those days and there's reading and exercises to do. Mm -hmm. And the process was so powerful that she ended up writing the book and um, calling in her husband, having her child. And then creating over the years a coaching method um, based on the book um, because it's just it's it, the, the work is so powerful and it's deepened so much. Wow! And so you are a certified calling in the one coach, right? That's the correct. Is that the official title? Yeah, <laughs> I made that up. Yep, that's the okay. official title. Chris, <laughs> so you've been certified in this process. This, I mean, it sounds like. Uh, it sounds amazing. I have to admit, I have not, I've, of all the books I've read in my life, this is one that I have not read. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think that I'm going to have to go out and get it. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you need to put it at the top of your reading list now. <laughs> it really does. Especially since calling in for, for me right now, everything in my life is so great. I have a fantastic business. This, all of that, all the things in my life are wonderful. And the one sort of missing piece is not having partnership. And it's not that I feel, and I'm very careful to say this to all of my clients and on the podcast as often as I can, I am super good on my own. I'm not miserable. I'm not lonely. I'm not depressed about it. And I want partnership. That's mm-hmm. something that's important to me, right? And I think that my, my guess is that that's something that's important in this process of calling in the one. Absolutely. And I can totally relate. Like, 
I am single as well. And I love it, right? Like I, I am thriving and I love the life I've created. Um, But I think that the sort of truth at the end of the day is that we're human beings and we thrive on connection with each other. So, you know, it's like, it's, I think one of the big shifts, you know, that is really important to make and that we do make is um, going from like needing that connection from a wounded place to, you know, wanting to share that connection from a space of abundance um, and, and just fullness within yourself. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. That's it. I mean, that's so, that's so it because I don't feel like I'm missing some, you know what I mean? It really Mm -hmm. is like, I've got this amazing life and man, would it be great to come home to someone at the end of every day to just share and talk and unpack and all of that. Right. Absolutely. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't there's like an okay Cupid question. It's like, are you, would you rather, uh, are you looking for someone to go out with or to come home to? And I'm like, come home. I yeah. want to. Co- I want someone to come home to for sure. Oh, I love that question. Yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. So, tell me about this process, this seven-week process. Yeah. So the process is really it's a step-by-step process, and I would say like the most important components of it are, you know, first and foremost, really letting go of well, first discovering and then letting go of, you know, any blocks that might be standing in your way of really connecting with that deeper, truer part of yourself and your really what your internal power, right? Like, cause all this power is inside of us. And then when we can connect with it, I mean, gosh, we have the power to, to create things that we can't even imagine. Mm. Um, and so Catherine teaches that there's really there's four blocks to that. And so it's really discovering if there's any of those for you and then healing those. And those are any sort of resentments that you might be holding on to. And we can have a lot of those, right? When we come out of divorce, right? Especially like, gosh, especially if there's been betrayal or, you know, anything really, you know, coming out of divorce, sometimes there's a lot of that. Um, And then even from childhood, right? Like, uh, yeah, you know. from from childhood, from from dating in the twenty first yeah. century. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I actually it's interesting. I think that most of my blocks, and I've been working with this for myself for a, for a while, um, and just sort of because I'm I'm aware that there's stuff that I'm still carrying, right? That's and that's not from my honestly not from my um, marriage so much as uh, cultural stuff from dating in like the last 10 years, especially mm. in the last five, you know, three to five years. Cause I think the landscape has shifted dramatically since mm. I think since Tinder really came. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Right. And so, and so, yeah, I have, there's a lot of my stories and my limiting beliefs at this point that have really been informed, you know, not just, not by my marriage, not by my, my childhood, but really about my experiences my, you know, that are, that are legitimate. Right. And also holding on to those resentments, no matter what is poison. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you said the limiting beliefs, right? Like, cause that's, you know, it, it goes together, but that's the separate block, right? Like uh-huh. we, 
create these stories, you know, really early on, I think, yes. you know, sometimes they're from huge events that happened in our lives, or sometimes they're from something very little, but, you know, we, we try to make sense of a very confusing world throughout our lives. And we believe some of these stories that we tell ourselves that just, they're not true, but you know, it's, it's what we build our lives around, right? Like, wow. you know, and we all have different ones. You know, my, I know my story was I'm alone. You know, I yep. went through 30 something years of, oh gosh, almost 40 years by the time I figured it out, you know, <laughs> thinking and believing and, and showing up in the world, in my relationships, in my friendships, in my life, just with this story of I'm alone. Yes. Right. And so here I am showing up, like never asking for help, you know, never, you know, acting like superwoman, like nobody, I don't need anybody. Right. And like, uh-huh. Tuning right. into everyone else's feelings and completely abandoning what I needed or felt. And, you know, just doing all of these things that, you know, just kept recreating this story in my life. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mine is that I'm not worthy of mm. love. I don't deserve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yep. And one. so, you know, God help the man who tried to love me. <laughs> When I was in that, right? Because I would just reject it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're just, you know, and then we kind of look and we're like, gosh, why does this keep happening to me? Right? Like for me, it was like, why do I keep losing my friends? Or why is nobody ever there for me? Right. And and then when you're able to flip it and be like, oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. I have been sourcing this. I have been setting people up to show up in my life this way. And then if you can, you know, when you learn that and you learn how to shift out of it and start showing up in a different way, all of a sudden people start taking on a different role in your life. People, for me, you know, people were there for me. They were there to help and, and, um, you know, just have these really deep and long life connections that I cherish. So beautiful. Absolutely. I want to tell you this because I feel like you'll you'll really appreciate this, and I want to tell my listeners this as well. Because um, just last, I don't know when the full moon was just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. last last week, I don't remember. And I always, for the last I don't know six months or so, I've always been re- I've become very diligent about my full moon and new moon rituals. And so I was thinking about my limiting beliefs around. Uh, love and le- allowing love into my life and calling it in. And I went out to the full moon and I didn't do a whole ritual. I didn't do the burning. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll write stuff on scraps of paper and I'll burn it under the full moon. And sometimes I just go up and I just say what I need to say to her. And so I was right. standing there under the full moon and I was looking up and I said, okay, I release these limiting beliefs. And I sort of, I listed up a few things that I had that had been coming to me in my journaling and my morning pages and all of that. And as, as, as I'm staring up at the full moon, offering up my limiting beliefs, because for those of you who don't know, the, the full moon is a time of letting go. And the new moon is a time for creating and for setting intentions for the next lunar cycle. And the full moon is like, is just releasing whatever you need to release, right? So that's what I was doing. And I'm staring up at the moon and I'm offering everything up to her. And as I'm staring at her, a shooting star goes right by in the sky. 
Wow. And I was like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. It was I pretty I love amazing. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So awesome. Yeah. It was great. I was like, I was, I stood there for like a good two minutes. Like, did that just happen? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just saying like, in awe. Did that, did <laughs> that, I literally, that? <laughs> that literally just happened. And then crazier still is that two nights later, I was outside. I was looking out the window or I was on my porch and I was just looking up in the sky and, and another one went by. And I was like, okay, okay, wow. got it. <laughs> Girl, you are ready to let all that stuff go. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh God. Anyway. Okay. So, and you know, here's the thing. I, one of the things that I, oh God, there's, there's this balance here. Right. And I, and I want to name it because, and I think we should talk about it, which is this idea that in so many, uh, a lot of coaching and in so many uh, sort of personal development, spiritual areas, right. We're sort of told that we need to be doing something in mm-hmm. order, right? If you're not manifesting the thing that you want, then you're doing something wrong. You're manifesting wrong or, well, you obviously still have work to do in this area. If it's not coming to you, then you still have work to do in this area. Or if, right, and I just want to be careful about that because I fucking hate that. Yep. I agree. <laughs> I knew you. I agree. <laughs> and you know what? I have struggled with that. You know that? Yep, me too. Because I love, I love, love, love Abraham Hicks. I uh-huh. think it's so powerful. But, you know, I can share as somebody who walked around forever. I mean, until recently, yeah. I walked around with this belief that the universe, God, whatever, is sort of watching me. Yeah. And, and if I don't do things right, then I'm going to sort of get punished. And if I do it wrong, you know, it, like I, yeah. and it just became conscious recently. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't care what, it's not that I care what other people think. I'm walking around scared to death of what the universe thinks. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> Holy cow. Like how, like you can't live that way. Like, oh my no God. Wonder, right. Right. So yes. Yeah. And, the, and then yeah. the idea that, you know, it's just this idea that if you haven't gotten the thing that you say that you want, it's because you haven't done the, you haven't done enough work on it. Right. Or you, you know, there's still another barrier and, and here, and as a personal development professional, and this is why I think, you know, it's important for us to have this conversation, right? As a personal development professional, I think that there's always more work to be done. Exactly. Always excavating. I am always (laughs) looking, I'm always working. Right. And, you know, recently my therapist was like, you know, maybe you're good. (laughs) Like (laughs) maybe you should stop pathologizing yourself. Maybe <laughs> it's not yeah. doing anything wrong. You know, I think there's a balance, right? There's like, yes, let's always be looking. Let's always be seeking. Let's always be working. And also if it's not happening for you right now, it's not your fault. It's not because you're doing something wrong and you're not manifesting properly. 
Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You said that because my, one of my very best friends just said the same thing to me recently. She's like, maybe you can just be where you're at for a while and enjoy how far you've come and Mm -hmm. stop trying to get to the next place. And I'm like, Oh, that's such a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Coaching the coach. coach, Wow. We need it. You know, I think the common mistake, and I think I did it for a long time too, is you know, doing all this work and trying to get somewhere, you know, first and foremost, like, yes, you know, it's like, it's like doing, I, you have to find a way to fall in love with the process of just discovering not to get somewhere or to get something, but only because you thoroughly enjoy the expansion. Yes. There's no there, there. Yeah. There's no place where you magically get to and now everything's fine and and you're done. Like when you're done, you're done. You're dead. And you're still not done, I think, because there's more going, I think more expanding after. So Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. But like in this conscious realm, you know, you're done, you're dead. So let's not wish that on any of us. Right. So exactly. um, I just, I just kind of wanted to name that, like, as we're having this conversation, right. Like, I think it's important to say that like all of this work and this calling in the one work and all of this sort of like, what are my limiting beliefs? This isn't about like, oh, I have a limiting belief and therefore like I can never, I can never have love if I don't like completely eliminate my, my limiting beliefs. Like, no, you're no, not going to have them. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to say, I don't, I think, and I think that's another common misconception is that like you do this work to make stuff go away. And yes. I don't know that it ever goes away. You know, like it, no. it comes up when I get triggered, when I feel rejection by somebody or I have a bad day, I can still feel that I'm alone story come in. Right. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I think the, I think the beauty of the work is befriending that part of me, right? Like no longer trying to push her aside or ignore her or hating her. Right. But like, huh, wow. I'm really in my story right now. I am really feeling alone. Like what's happening right now? What do I need? Right. What do I need to give myself and it has nothing to do with another person. It's like, what can I do to give to myself right now? And really learning this process of how to take care of me, how to love me, how to nurture me. Um, so that story really becomes this like beautiful communication as opposed to something like I want to get rid of or fix. Yes, exactly. And that's how, you know, when I work with clients and in my programs, this is exactly what we talk about, about our inner critics, right? Because this is all like form of inner critic stuff, right? Is that we don't, we don't, we like, we think that we should be tuning it out. Like, don't listen to the negative voices in your head when actually, if you listen to the negative voices in your head and you, as you said, like make friends with them and listen to them, and you know, usually that's a sort of disempowered, disembodied piece of us that feels that it needs a little bit more attention and it's mm-hmm. just simply clamoring to be heard. Yeah. And, you know, like a petulant child or a, you know, an angry toddler, if you just sort of listen and, and let it, let it say its piece, it really calms that shit down. Totally. It calms it down. And it also kind of shows you 
you know, maybe where you're ready to learn something new or grow or, you know, it's like, Hey, like you're, you know, maybe the communication is like, Hey, you're not like even, you know, you're, you're abandoning yourself, right? Like you're not honoring any of your feelings right now. It's like, Oh, okay. Like maybe I really need to like tune into myself right now and, Uh you know, and and just acknowledge and notice myself and just kind of learn how to, um, to expand in that way, to grow in that area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sort of the first part of this calling in the one stuff is doing this is really looking at these limiting beliefs and stories, right? The stories yeah. that we tell ourselves about love, about ourselves, about our own capacity, about our own abilities or, or whatever, the healing, the resentments. Yep, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I think I said there were four. So, yeah. you know, a couple of the other things we touch on is those old, especially with um, coming out of divorce, those old agreements that we've made in our lives that we sometimes think don't hold as much weight as they actually do, right? Like when you tell um, another human being that you will never, ever love anyone ever again, and you commit to that and you make that agreement with somebody, sometimes those agreements need to be renegotiated to set yourself free. I was... um, That's really powerful. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I first was learning this process, I was like, huh, I was having a hard time connecting with this. And then one day it hit me and I was like, oh my gosh, I had this moment in the car with my best friend a couple of like weeks after my um, ex and I had, had ended our marriage and, you know, we were having a conversation and she was, she said something about how you know, I'm so young and I'm going to have fine love again. And I remember looking at her and going, Nope, I, it'll never happen for me again. This was it. He was, he was my only love. Oh dear. And I had forgotten about that. But when I did this work and we got, you know, we've talked about these old agreements and that came to me, it hit me so hard because it wasn't so much the words. It was the it was how much I believed those words when I said it. Like I had made, I was packed with the universe. Like that was it. He was it for me. Wow. And I had to renegotiate that and set myself free from that being my truth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That just, uh, that just unlocked something for me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's the agreement of like, you know, having, having labeled someone as the love of your life right? Yeah, like yeah. there's somebody that I labeled the love of my life. It yeah. was actually somebody that I really just this week realized that I have actually a, a, a deep, tr- I ha- had a complete trauma bond with, mm, right? Yeah. Like that was a trauma bond. That wasn't the love of my life. Exactly. Exactly. And I had made that the love of my life. And that is an agreement that I have that I think that in recognizing that it was a trauma bond, I think, but just, but, but that, but that wording of him being the love of my life was, you're right. That, that, that locks him into a position. Like how do I ever have love again or great love or beautiful love? If I've already labeled this thing in my past that by the way, was super unhealthy and toxic right? Um, as the love of my life. Right. Yeah, like Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and we make these as kids too, and we don't realize it. You know, I will never, ever get married because we see, you know, maybe a traumatic relationship in our life, or mm. um, I'll never let anyone get close to my heart, or 
you know, we yep. make these and we don't really remember them or realize them and, and they carry weight in our psyche. They really, so, and they really do. And it's unconscious mapping. That's the thing about yeah, yeah. is that it's, unco- you know, you may think about it, right? You may be listening to this and you might think about it and be like, but I didn't really believe that. I mean, that's just crazy. Right. But this is where, I think this is sort of the, the, the stem of the idea that words matter and that words create our world. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this sort of you know, woo woo life coachy shit, right? It's actually, we're talking about there's brain mapping here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, my, my people know that I'll always, I'll always get, I'll always go down to like down the road of geeking out on science, on brain science. Um, but that's what it is, right? It's yeah. unconscious mapping. Yeah. Absolutely. And if we don't call it to the surface, it remains unconscious and it remains hidden and it remains in control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we're making decisions from that point and, cho- and choosing from that, from that story, from that place. And that doesn't align with what we desire for the future, right? So there's this like this this sort of misconnect or disconnect. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. And then we also look at toxic ties in our lives. Now, you know, where are there relationships that are toxic that we're still allowing into our space and our energetic fields that, you know, are that might be blocking us from being able to really show up fully in our lives in the way we desire to and the way our, our internal being is ready to. Yep. Yep. And what do we do about that? Right? Like, because sometimes it's easy to be like, well, you have to get rid of all the toxic people. And then sometimes those people are, you, you can't, right? There are some, yeah. certain people that you, you, you know, a parent that you, or you, you choose not to, right? For, for other reasons, right? For other very valid reasons. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's kind of where we go next, right? And so okay. it's like going into, so you kind of work through that. And a lot of, a lot of time spent on that story, that, that belief that we've been centered in, and then shifting out of that, mm. really shifting into a deeper truth, a deeper knowing, right? Because I think one of the most powerful um, realizations that we learn throughout our lives and, and this work really highlights is, you know, we do have different parts of us, right? This yes. part, there's this part that might feel, I might feel alone. It's not all of me. When I can connect to that deeper part of me, even if it's just a sliver, you know, even if it's just a little, like a little sliver that I can connect to because I'm so wounded, there is that part that knows I'm not alone, that knows I have so many people that love me, that knows I have help, right? There's, There's that part. So we connect to that part and really start to build on that deeper truth and nurture that deeper truth. And one of the ways we do that is through learning new ways of showing up, learning the skills that we might not have developed because we were so stuck in that story. Yeah. So like, I had to learn the skill of being vulnerable, showing that I'm not perfect, right? Like showing up in the world messy, asking for help. Like those were skills that I didn't have. Yeah, I had to learn. And so like these toxic ties, right? Like setting boundaries. That was, I I didn't, I don't even think I understood what what boundaries were. 
right? I had no idea, right? I I had no clue. But suddenly it was like, wow, like, okay, I have this really toxic relationship that I can't, I can't get rid of it, right? Nor would I want to, but I can, I can create a different reality, right? I can shift this so that it aligns with who I am choosing to be now. Yes. You know, one of those ways for me was, you know, setting boundaries and and really honoring those. Um, You know, uh, for me, you know, I'll I'll share, you know, my mom and I have had a a pretty, you know, rough kind of going of it um, and not always really aligning. And Mm -hmm. for so long, I felt kind of like, I'm just going to whisper over here. It's hard with, with mom, right? Like it's I mean, really hard with moms. Yep. Yeah. And so I, and for a long time I felt victimized by it and just kind of like, oh, so defeated and I didn't have a choice and I was just stuck with her and it really, it really disrupted our relationship and it was, it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And when I made the choice to find a way to heal this toxic tie that I had contributed to, I had helped create with my mom, um, I started, you know, showing up in a different way, you know, setting boundaries and sticking to those, yeah. not allowing my mom to sort of just talk, 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 talk and dump on me, you know, when, you know, really pre- being present, Right. You know, we can't always get rid of relationships. That's that's true. But we can show up in a different way. And the relationship will alter. It might not be perfect. My relationship with my mom is not perfect now. But wow, it feels a lot better than it did. And there's beautiful moments. And now I can appreciate the mom I have instead of living in the space where I was just, I was wishing for a mom I would never have. And yes. that's not my oh, reality. God. And that, that was so tragic for me, that, that feeling, right. Of like, and I think I actually had to go through that the morning and the grieving, mm-hmm. the, what I didn't get. Um, and I think that's true in my divorce, <laughs> in my relationship with my mother, right. In, in all of these things, when you're, when you're coming to terms with, something that you wanted, right? And, you know, in my the coach training that I did, we call it, you know, healing a disappointed dream, right? Mm. That you're really, and you're grieving the disappointed dream is, and yeah. to allow yourself to do that, right? To allow yourself to grieve um, the fact that you didn't get the husband that you wanted, that you didn't get the marriage that you wanted. I had to do it with my son. I had an infant with colic who screamed for six months straight for 16 hours a day. And I didn't get the baby that I had always dreamed of, right? The, yeah. you know, the calm, cute, staring up at me, adore, like all those beautiful, you know, pampers moments that you think that you're going to have. I, I didn't get them. Right. You know, I got yeah. a different, a completely different experience. And so just allowing the time and the space to grieve that, to grieve the mother that we, you know, that, that we didn't get the mother that we wanted and so didn't get the nurturing that we needed. All of those things, right, to allow the space to, to grieve that, I think is so, so important and it's so healing. Absolutely. And then once you do that, you're left with the sort of the, the, the ability to nurture yourself, right? To give yourself everything that you didn't get. Yes. I, I know for me, until yeah. I allowed myself to, to grieve that and, and honor that, 
I was, I was abandoning myself in those areas. I was, I was not giving myself those things that I didn't get because I was, I was so disconnected from them. But once I, you know, once I grieved it and allowed space for it, then I was like, gosh, like now I know what it feels like to be nurtured because I've nurtured myself. Yeah. And you know, it's, again, it's like one of those woo woo, you know, hippie life coachy things, but you know, there's really something to this inner child work. (laughs) There really, really, really is. And you know, there are ways into it from a coaching perspective that it can be so powerful. Yeah. You know, it's woo, -woo, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it really just is the sort of, um, it's like the connection to your power. It's like the thing that kind of lets you inside of yourself in a way that's like, wow, like, yeah, I want to be with other people. Like I want to be with another human. I want to be connected and, and have intimacy and love and all of that. But it's, it's not, it's not for neediness, right? I'm not, yes. I don't need someone else to, to nurture me in the way that I never received it. I've got this. I can nurture myself and then I can come to another human being fully nurtured. Yep. Right. Exactly. exactly. And then imagine what's possible then, right? Oh and gosh. I mean Everything, like right? holy shit, right? You get two people who have nurtured themselves and are healed and are able to turn that nurturing to the other person because they choose to, not because it's demanded or needed. Exactly. Oh my God. Doesn't that sound great? It sounds wonderful. It is wonderful. And it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I think, I think that's the, the, you know, a lot of people just don't think that's possible or it exists and it does. It does. Absolutely does. does. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who's therapist. She was in a place where she was really, really, really doubting that it was possible that it existed. And her therapist had her do this amazing exercise that, um, I love and that I highly recommend, which is that she made her start keeping a binder full of, um, like examples of this kind of love. Mm. So, and, and, and at first my friend Stacy was like, uh, I don't, I don't see that anywhere. And she's like, well then make it up. Like have it be celebrities, start off with celebrities. Right. And she's like, but you don't know what's in there. She's like, it doesn't matter. It's what you see. It's the, yeah. it's the, it's the archetype. It's the manifestation of this in reality. Right. So she, and now anytime we see a man doing, we, even if we don't know anything about the man, we don't know, right. When we see something that is emblematic of that spirit of love, we're like, it goes in the binder. It's got to go in the binder, right? Even if it's a moment, right? It's, you know, one person doing something that's that loving and selfless. It goes in the binder. I love that. Isn't it cool? It's like a, I mean, it's, it's like a vision board, but it's a binder. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's exactly, I mean, so, you know, the calling in the one process, one of the cornerstones of that is setting a bold intention right? And so that's exactly, you know, what you're talking about through this binder is like this living, this living, breathing sort of representation of what your intention is for the future, right? Like, what is it that you desire? What is it that you want to create for yourself, for your, for, for future love? Yeah. Um, but that intention, you know, when you set it to be so bold and just a little bit outside of what you really believe is possible, 
then you can use that as sort of a guiding point for how you make your choices, right? Like, yes. like I'm standing yes. for this powerful, intense, deeply connected love that I now know is possible because of this binder. Right. Well, when, I, when I'm faced with, am I going to say yes to this guy who, you know, is, you know, not showing up in this, 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 and this way? Well, no, because he doesn't fit my intention. You know, he takes Absolutely. me further away from it or represents, you know, the way I, you know, my past story. So it, it allows you to sort of have this, this guiding light to, um, to live into what it is that you want to create in your life. Yeah. All right. We have to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Um, and then we're going to come back and I want to talk a little bit more about um, this intention setting process. So we'll be right back. Let's continue on with this idea of the, uh, of, of intention setting. What does that look like? Is there a process to that, that, I mean, besides a binder. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm, I think I'm going to use it. Um, it's great, uh, right? I know. <laughs> I totally stole it from, from my friend Stacy's therapist. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and another thing that sometimes I think comes off as very woo-woo, but it is based in science, right? Like we, our brains, you know, we filter out what we believe to be true, right? And we filter out what fits our sort of um, story about life, right? And so when we can spend time visioning into our future, and in, and in this case, if it's calling in love, uh -huh. visioning and the visioning process is deep, right? It's not just kind of in a headspace thinking about what you want. It's, it's allowing yourself to get into a space where you're envisioning what it would feel like. Right. Like, yes. how would I feel if I were holding hands and looking deeply into my lover's eyes? Right. How would it feel to be so supported and held and feel so safe to be in my feminine and, and be at my fullest expression? Right. What would that look like? How would it feel? How would I dress? What would, mm -hmm. you know, what, where would we live? Like, Whatever can get you fully into this future desire that you have and then building words around that. Say more about that. The building words around yeah. it. What yeah. That, what does that mean? I'm so into this right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's so I do a visioning with my clients and we really get deeply into this space, mm -hmm. right? Like what would it look like? How would it feel? What would we yep. be doing? Mm -hmm. How would I be showing up? right? This woman who is in a deeply connected, epic love. Well, yeah. gosh, she would be like, she would have awesome boundaries, right? Like she would have awesome boundaries. She would really be in touch with her feelings and, and her needs. And she'd be really adept at communicating those, you know, she, there's all these sort of, um, it brings you back to the skills, right? There's all yep. these ways that she'd be showing up in life that you get to then create words around, right? Like, so, and, and sort of use as a guide map as to where you can grow, where you can transform. But then you put words around that, right? So like my intention is to be, you know, in a deeply connected and spiritual and epic love with 
a man or a woman, whoever you are, um, you know, who respects and loves and supports and cherishes me and our, um, you know, I'm kind of doing this off the top of my head, but yeah, our, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, our, our vision, you know, our future together. Right. And, um, and you just put words around that so I, that, yeah. and, and you want to make sure that you feel it, right. You feel it in your, in the deepest part of yourself that, that's what your dream is, right? It's like allowing yourself to dream about what's possible and then learning how to believe and, and create, um, well, believe in your ability to create that. Yep. So gorgeous. I love the intention because, you know, it's like, it's a little scary when you kind of put it yeah. out there, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like I'm really yeah. going to put it out there. I, I, it's funny. I was, I was going to say that, that on the one hand, it's like, it's obvious, right? It's like, of course you do, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, mm, but notice where you're coming up against your edges yeah. when you're visioning this, right? Yep. Notice when you're putting words to it, the parts of your brain that pipe up with like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Or yeah. like, really? Or yeah, sure. Right. Or right. Like it's, there's something very confronting about this that is that it's not, it's not quite so simple. No. And you're right. Like it totally, uh, shines a light on yes. your story, you know, whatever limiting story. Like I remember when I was going to set my intention, I had this like message to myself, like you can't do that. Like, because you're going to put it out there and then you're going to be disappointed and yeah. you're going to have to face the embarrassment of that disappointment. And I was like, wow, <sighs> what is that? Like, yeah. Right. Yes. Wow. And I always have the thing of like, so recently, um, I've had some messages, let's just say from like tarot readings and stuff like that, that like, this isn't going to look the way that I think it's going to look right. Mm -hmm. That like it's coming, but it's just not going to look like I think it's going to look. And so then there's a part of me that's like, well, if I, if I put words to it and I set an intention, I'm creating boundaries and limits. And like, what if it's something outside of those boundaries? Right. And they're like, I get really in my head about it. Right. What if it's yeah. not like, what if, you know, and then, so, so I, th that's where I, that's where I go where I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want to get too specific because, you know, maybe he's not, maybe he doesn't live here. So maybe we don't live together or right. Like I get really, I get really in my head. That's where I get in my head. Yeah. And well, and I think too, though, sometimes when we get in our head, that is a bit of our wounded self, whatever you want to call it, that limiting part of us that is afraid to, to really believe what's possible. Right. And right. so when you get in that space, it's again, like, okay, let's get curious about that. Mm. You know, what do I need to learn here? Or what, do, what is being kind of pushed up against here for me? And then really dropping down into what's true for you. I mean, I always like to say, look, there's no right or wrong way. It's truly just the way of your heart and your desires. So when you can like get out of that headspace and just really be in, what is my heart telling me? What am I desiring here? What is that deeper truth kind of 
guiding me toward or pulling pulling me toward you know that's kind of where the magic is and the truth is for you right because it's it, there's no right or wrong so awesome like i'm so getting into like the feeling of this right just like myself over here like i've just sort of got my eyes closed i'm like yeah. really like in the space of like it's really, I hope everyone who's listening is having a similar experience because <laughs> I think it's so powerful. It is. And it's, that is this process. Like you, it, it so has to be in your body, right? Like if we do this from the headspace, we can't retain it. Like it just, it'll come and go like the wind. But when you can do this work in a, like really, really deep in your body and feel it from, from within that's mm-hmm. when you really access that power to, to make the changes and the shifts and, and, and create, right. And like, and choose what you create. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Cause I just, just, uh, you know, personally over here was that when I started talking about my, uh, you know, my negative Nellies that come in my inner critic, that's like, well, what if he doesn't live here? And what if it didn't like, right. And like all of that stuff, it was so heady. It was so in my head. Yeah. Right. That totally comes from a headspace. Yeah. And, and I, and I could just, I could feel that shift in my body and in my entire energetic sort of space and sphere. Right. And then when I drop into, you know, when, when I can sort of move through that and go right back into the being of the feeling, it's a whole other experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because, right. It's like, I am worthy of what I desire in this life, right? Like I am worthy of all the things. Yeah. Right. When you're in that deep space. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I want everyone to try that on at home that like feeling the difference between when you're like in the vision and feeling it versus in your head, trying to analyze it or figure it out. Right. It's just a different experience. It's a totally different experience and you can feel it in a different part of your body. And Mm -hmm. I can even hear clients that come like when they're speaking, you can tell in their voice. Totally. You know, like where, where are you speaking from? Yep. Um, But what I love is like, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your story. It doesn't matter how badly, you know, maybe you've been betrayed or hurt or anything. It doesn't matter. Like from wherever you are right now, like you can create whatever you desire for the future, whatever you desire, like it's all within you. And that I think is the most powerful thing in the whole world. It it just, it's all there. It's, and it, it really is so beautiful. I love, I love this. I love the idea of doing this as part of your healing process, you know, through divorce even, Mm -hmm. because it's not, while it is about calling in the one, right? While it is about, but like, who's the one, <laughs> right? Like, well, exactly, right? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, the uh-huh. one is you, right? Yes. It's really calling in yourself. Yes. You know, it's like, gosh, once you call in you, oh, I, I mean, there's no words for how beautiful and juicy and 
oh, just bright light life becomes. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to get it now. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Catherine's a master and she's, she's brilliant. And she's created this, um, this living work that, you know, like you said, it's like, whether it's calling in the one calling in yourself, I mean, it's, it's just powerful. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's so funny, you know, cause a lot of this is the work that I do with my clients and in my programs, but there's something about, you know, each of these pieces, right. You know, is it's not, it's not new in terms of like coaching and how we are, but the, but the, I don't know, there's something about the, the putting it together in this way with these, I, I find it really powerful just even talking about it and I haven't even done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, yeah. I think, you know, just one other cornerstone, and I think this is kind of the cornerstone for most coaching is that self-responsibility, right? Like self is source. Like how am I showing up? How am I, you know, creating my, my world, my dynamics, my relationships, you know, because that's where the, the power to shift is. It's like, who am I being? Yes. And that's something that I think, especially for people going through divorce or healing and recovering from divorce, right? We want to keep a real close eye on that because it's really easy to be in blame, especially yeah. if the person that we're divorcing is, you know, an asshole or <laughs> a yeah. high conflict personality or whatever, right? Um, but we does it, it doesn't matter how much of a quote victim you are of your circumstances, you are, you still have personal responsibility. Yeah. And that's, and that's not about like shaming or blaming. That's like, that's like the most empowering thing that you can take on. Totally. It's freeing. It's It's so freeing, right? Because it's not like you're at the mercy of somebody else and their, you know, and their whims. It's like, no, no, no. I get to, I get to say, I get to dictate. I get to stand on my own two feet and claim this, whatever it is. Right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the most freeing and empowering thing you can do is just have the willingness to stand in and and reflect on in a way, like you said, without shame, without blame, any of that, but just willing to look at your own truth and be like, wow, I showed up in this and I co I co-created this by, you know, not ever saying how I felt, not ever setting boundaries, you know, not ever allowing myself to be vulnerable, whatever it is, right? Like, because then you get to make changes. Then you get to be like, all right, gosh, I'm never going to do that again. Right. I'm never going to show up again in that way. And then I'll never have to live through this experience again. Exactly. Well, exactly. And that's the thing, right? As I, as I talk about ad nauseum on this podcast, right? Is that there, you know, 50% 50 of first marriages end in divorce, 68% of second marriages end in divorce and 74% or three or something like that of third marriages end in divorce. And this is it. We get to take personal responsibility. And when we do that, we have the power to create something different for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I know for sure that I will never... I will never go through that sort of toxic, you know, relationship that I co-created with my ex, you know, and that's in my power because of how I'm showing up. I'm not a victim of that. And if I had stayed a victim, chances are I would have 
co-created another relationship very similar to that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Jen, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. This has just been such a beautiful, rich conversation. And I know that it's totally like shifted some stuff for me. So thanks for coaching me. (laughs) Thanks for coaching me on the podcast today. Um, (laughs) We, I love it because I think we all coach each other. Like, you know, it's like, Every time we get to talk to each other, it's like, oh, wow, that just opened up for me, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why it's so great to have like nothing but coach friends. (laughs) Highly recommend it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you so much. So where can people find you? Everything will be in the show notes, but where can people find you? And you're, oh, you're offering people a free uh, call, free 20 minute call, right? Yep, absolutely. I do a free 20 minute session. So just reach out and um, I'd love to talk to you. And then I am at Jen Joy Coaching. Um, it's J E N N joycoaching.com and same on Instagram at Jen Joy Coaching. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, this has been amazing and you're just wonderful to talk to. And I, as you know, I, I'm a big, a big fan. I love what you're doing. Oh, thanks, love. Back at you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.